There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 16th, 2010. For newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website, scroll down, bookmark all the other sites I have up there. Three went down last week actually, so if you bookmark all these other sites, you can always find the latest shows and download them for free. It's cuttingthroughthematrix.com.org.net.us.ca. Alan Watts, cutting through the matrix.ca, and Alan Watts, sentient, sentinel.eu. The last one is a European site. You can download the same audios and get the edition of transcripts for prints up and choose from the various languages of Europe. And as always, I start off the show by, I surely push this much more often right through the whole show. If I was a salesman, I'd do that. But I tell you that you're the audience who bring me to you. I don't accept the cash from advertisers. The ads on this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN, and I've got nothing to do with that. That pays for this airtime, the staff, their bills, their board ops, and all the rest of it. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so by looking into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You can buy the things I have for sale there, the books, etc., and the discs I have as well. Sometimes there's 30 to 50 shows on a disc. Uh, you can also donate to me if it's in your heart to do so. It's a hard thing to get today because everyone expects everything for free. But uh, I'm not backed by any big corporation, any foundation, or the Rockefeller Foundation, or any of these boys. It's up to you to keep me going. You can do so by going into cuttingthroughmatrix.com and buying or donating. Remember, personal check is good from the U.S. to Canada. Uh, you can also get an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada from your post office. I stress international not the green one, that's internal only. MoneyGram, Western Union, or cash. You can also use PayPal for donations. If you want to purchase through PayPal at home and abroad, you can also do the same thing. You can use a, the donate button and send a separate email with your order. And I'll get it out to you as fast as can be. Now, those who get the disc burned and passed to them at meetings to play on their CD players, you can get in touch with me at Alan Watt. Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. Postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, and the number 1, P3E4N1. And if you, those who missed me last night, it was a repeat show last night, well, the clocks turned over and I didn't, and uh, I don't watch the television up here. I don't listen to local radio or anything like that. So I was sitting waiting for the show at my 8 p.m. and by goodness it was almost over. It was a fast show. I missed a whole darned hour of it. So that's what happens when you're you're not keeping in touch with the so-called media. But who cares anyway? Most of it's junk, as we well know. So once in a while I get something that's worth knowing. And anyway, who tampers with the time? Who gives them the right to tamper with the time? my time as well? Think about it. 
but I never gave permission for them to change my time. But that's what the big boys do, because we live in a very different world than the one we're raised to think we, we truly live in. Very different, com- completely different, in fact, night and day. And most folk don't have a clue, because we all live in our perfect little conditioning system, our Plato's cave, and everyone around you is in the same cave, and they all think it's quite natural, and they don't know what's going down, ever. All through their life, they, they, they go right through their life, never knowing what's going down. And even the things they're told to object about by the media, there's always a red herring. Red herrings, that's all they are. The true things the media will never mention ever. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. I have talked over the years about how the big system is controlled and how those who control the system we live in now have controlled it for an awful, awful long time. And they understand the sciences of controlling whole nations, of creating conflicts, uh, taking over countries, calling them empires, until they have their global empire. And basically, it's run from the top by money, 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 money. Uh, and a really a few families who deal with it all. They lend nothingness nearly, blank nothings to, to central banks to print up cash and then they demand real estate back in return. That's really how the way it works. And we all work for the corporation, the, the world government, in a sense. Democracy is all about that. There's nothing to do with what you think it is. We work for this corporate structure. And we are really laborers and, and taxpayers. We, we build the machines and the aircraft and all the other stuff that need to go and bomb across the planet. And we also uh, do it through our taxes. That's how the, see, taxation is a form of slavery. It's uh, taking your, your, your income, which is really a produce of your, uh, of your productivity, uh, away from you to work their system. And then they pay it to other slaves, pay it back to other slaves, to work in factories and build the planes and the bombs and the high-tech gear and all their death ray weapons and whatever else they happen to have up their sleeves. That's the real world we live in. And um, the centralization of banks has been going on for an awful long time, centuries, and even tried that in ancient times as well, when the Phoenicians went across the ancient world, uh, putting countries into debt, and then when they couldn't pay up, they'd, they'd use the soldiers that they recruited from another country they'd put into debt, and they'd, they'd conquer them and take them over, and they tried to standardize silver coinage at that time across the ancient world, and of course they would run it all. Nothing really changes. These are old techniques, old sciences, and as long as the, run, the world runs with money, in any shape or form actually, it doesn't matter if it's credits or porcupine quills, then the same people who will always get in charge of it, and they're the bosses, and it's as simple as that. But we know that the system that we're living in now is not meant to go on forever, uh, these guys, as I say, work in centuries. They plan a century of industry. They plan the century of change, as they call it. This is the century of change we're going through right now. It's not a nice change because the bad one, the last one was bad enough at times, but um, at least we were given more pocket money for ourselves and Bernays advertising kept us going, purchasing all the, the junk that lasted a little while and broke apart. But now we're not even going to get the junk now. We have to go into an age of austerity, as they call it. And 2010 
it seems to be one of the, the year markers for a lot of this to happen. Now, now, they wanted to have the complete amalgamation of the Americas done by 2010. I have the sites, by the way, for all the amalgamation treaties they signed starting in 2005 from the Council on Foreign Relations' own site because, you see, they drafted up the treaties and presented it to the governments to sign into to law. The last one is to take place very shortly, in fact, this year. And that's supposed to be total integration. So we can see how everything's geared up as the dollars plummet. We owe so much money. We could never, ever uh, work our way out of this, especially when you're non-productive anymore. You don't manufacture. It's not intended that it go this way. And we've all to tighten our belts and pay through the nose for every single thing that you normally took for granted. The things that were fairly cheap, food, water, uh, shelter, accommodation, all those things will be very, very expensive as they go up and up and up and up and up. And remember, the world ultimately is the whole goal. The world is a goal for these boys. And then the end of it, too, by the year 2050, they hope to have taken down enough of the population through disease and cancers, through the food and inoculations and everything else that you can possibly imagine and things you can't imagine to a nice, sizable figure for them to run and then eventually start cloning the slaves. What they do amongst themselves is anybody's guess. They might start fighting, hopefully, because that's the only chance that we have. Because the people down below them don't have a chance as a snowball's chance in hell. Because the world is so completely wrapped up. There's not a problem in this world, a problem to do with their projections and their forecasts, where they don't have multiple think tanks working on each one and the things that could possibly go wrong. And they work it out way in advance years before any part is ever implemented into reality. That's what think tanks are for. They work like war strategists. If we do this, then they will do that. So how do we counter that? This is all done abstractly through computers and think tanks long before, as I say, they start the first move on the chessboard. But others, too, have come out and spoken about this. And from the Wall Street Journal, uh, uh, this was an article from a professor in Russia who's I don't know if he's the equivalent of a Brzezinski, but that was his job uh, with their version of the NSA over there for many years. And he's wrote stacks of book on geopolitics and so on. December 29th, 2008, it says, As if things weren't bad enough, Russian professor predicts the end of the U.S. This is the Wall Street Journal. This is not some uh, little tabloid there with the two, I had sex with an alien and I have a two-headed baby. Uh, this is the Wall Street Journal. So it says, uh, for a decade, Russian academic Igor Panarin has been predicting the U.S. will fall apart in 2010. Now, that's when we're supposed to be totally amalgamated. Then 2012, the U.N. is supposed to go up to its full height. It says here, for most of that time, he admits he few took his argument that an economic and moral collapse will trigger a civil war and the eventual breakup of the U.S. very seriously. Now he's found an eager audience. Uh, from the Russian state media. In recent weeks, he's been interviewed as much as twice a day about his predictions. It's a record, says Professor Panarin, but I think the tension is going to grow even stronger. Professor Panarin, 50 years old, is not a fringe figure, a former KGB analyst. He is dean of the Russian Foreign Ministries Academy for Future Diplomats. He's invited to Kremlin receptions, lectures students, publishes books, and appears in the media as an expert on U.S.-Russia relations. But it's his bleak forecast for the U.S., that is music to the ears of the Kremlin, which in recent years has blamed Washington for everything from instability in the Middle East to the global financial crisis, 
Mr. Panarin's views also fit neatly with the Kremlin's narrative that Russia is returning to its rightful place on the world stage after the weaknesses of the 1990s, where many feared that the country would go economically and politically bankrupt and break into separate territories. There's a 50-50 to 45% chance right now that disintegration will occur, he says. One could rejoice in that process, he adds, poker-faced. But if we're, taking, we're talking reasonably, it's not the best scenario for Russia. The Russia would become more powerful in the global stage, he says. Its economy would suffer because currently depends heavily on the dollar and on trade with the U.S. So what does he talk about? He says, talk about the U.S. breaking up now. Mr. Perarin posits in brief that mass immigration, so that's how the U- the U- Europe was uh, done in, economic decline, that was done in too in Europe, and moral degradation, well, there's no better leader for the world than Hollywood and the U.S. Moral degradation will trigger a civil war next fall and the collapse of the dollar around the end of June 2010 or early July, he says. The U.S. will break into six pieces with Alaska reverting to Russian control. Now, I'll interject here just to mention an interesting point as well, because Jacques Attali, who was the advisor to, I don't know how many French presidents, uh, he was really the boss, in fact, um, much the same as Kissinger was the boss over Nixon in reality. Uh, and Attali went off into the United Nations, and he, he's written a couple of books about the, the catastrophes coming in the U.S. He also said uh, the U.S. would be broken up into Different, different small regions with maybe four or five city-states. So here's the, the Russian fellow saying the same thing. In addition to the increasing covering, coverage in state media, which are tightly controlled by the Kremlin, Mr. Panarin's ideas are now being widely discussed among local experts. He presented his theory at a recent roundtable discussion at the Foreign Ministry. The country's top international relations school has hosted him as a keynote speaker. During an appearance in the state TV channel Rosia, the station cut between his comments and TV footage of lines at soup kitchens and crowds, crowds of homeless people in the U.S., which they have, and they don't put much on the mainstream media, don't they? Do they? The professor has also been featured in the Kremlin's English-language propaganda channel Russia Today. His popular revision reflects a very pronounced degree of anti-Americanism in Russia today, says Vladimir Posner, a prominent TV journalist in Russia, is much stronger than it was in the old Soviet Union. Mr. Posner and other Russian commentators and experts on the U.S. dismiss Mr. Panarin's predictions as crazy ideas and are not usually discussed by serious people, he says. Well, it's strange to say uh, Jack Zatali, a top guy at the U.N., says the same thing. However... And then, by the way, I'll put another site up here, the guy's own site, this professor's own site, when you can see all the books that he's written and all the lectures he's given. He's, he's no little um, new character to this kind of game. But at the bottom of this article, too, it shows you the map of uh, how the U.S., he thinks, will break up. That fits right in, as I say, with the tally. And he also mentions that the eastern seaboard of the U.S., um, would probably join with NATO into uh, the European alliance and become part of Europe. That's a strange thing, too, because the Prime Minister of Canada uh, last summer was talking about that after the American integration, he says, then we'll try integration with Europe. So that's right on, right on with that kind of idea. But remember, it's not the professor's ideas. That's his, his what you can guess at it. We all guess going on what little information we're given. But uh, the fact is... Uh, the big boys have given us a lot more than stuff to guess on about all of that. And 
I said oh, ages ago, I said it doesn't matter if you're up in snow, to your eyes in snow with uh, global warming, the global warming will continue because it's the big one for, for getting us all into utter slavery and paying through the nose, as I say, for every darn thing that you need to survive personally in an age of austerity. In other words, you're going to pay and pay and pay with incredible um, costs for the, the items you're paying for, even food and massive taxes on top of it. That's how they're going to get us down to their austerity plan, you see, as we're paying to supposedly bring up the third world countries, which never gets there anyway, the cash, because they don't want the third world countries to, to start uh, having more children. They want to bring them down, as Kissinger said himself in the 70s. Now the music's coming in, and I'll, I'll tell you more on what's happening when I come back from this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about uh, the fact that uh, even if we're up to rise in snow, the global warming agenda must continue because they've got all their eggs in one basket, it seems. And they've got all the, the carbon trading all underway, all the rest of it. And Mr. Rothschild with his bank in Switzerland went to all that trouble with Al Gore to make sure all the money across the whole planet, all the carbon taxes were funneled through his bank. They, they are not going to back off now, you see, regardless if Mother Nature doesn't comply. But then again, Bertrand Russell said through his experimental schools they could train children to believe anything. If they say the sky is always black, they'll say it's black. And that, that's a fact. They can train you to believe anything if they get you young enough. This article here is right on line with that because here's the government of Britain, the flagship for the world, and we've all to copy them, and China, by the way. And they're going right for the children, as always, always. The children are totally brainwashed until so their parents can't recognize them very, very shortly after going to kindergarten. But uh, this article is from the Mail Online. Ministers, as a politician, Ministers Global Warming Nursery Rhyme ads are banned for overstating the risks. 14th of March 2010. Two government advertisements which use nursery rhymes to warn of the dangers of climate change have been banned for exaggerating the threat. No kidding. Commissioned by Energy Secretary Ed Miliband. Ed Miliband's an interesting character with a long history. His family fled Germany. A lot of them went to the Soviet Union where they got protection and worked for the Soviets, and some of them went to Britain, and he ended up being a good Fabian over there. But anyway, he's the energy secretary, Ed Miliband. The ads are, are based on children's poems and Jack and Jill and Rub-a-Dub-Dub, and asserted, they love children, by the way, these characters, and assert that climate change will cause flooding and drought. The ads Stunners Agency ruled the adverts which attracted 939 complaints made exaggerated claims which went beyond mainstream scientific consensus. One ad read, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. There was none as extreme weather due to climate change had caused a drought. Beneath this was written, extreme weather conditions such as flooding, heat waves and storms will become more frequent and intense. Remember the one I read last year too, where they actually had an ad coming out and they showed that... Um, the flooding came across and, and, and drowned their little pets. What a great way to use emotion, emotive indoctrination and psychic driving to brainwash a child forever. 
regardless of what age it grows up to be. All science, eh? Beneath this was written, extreme weather conditions such as flooding, heat waves and storms will become more frequent and intense. The other read, rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub, a necessary course of action due to flash flooding caused by climate change. It added, climate change is happening. Temperature and sea levels are rising. Uh, uh. Extreme weather events such as storms, floods and heat waves will become more frequent and intense. If we carry on at this rate, life in 25 years could be very different. Have you seen all the movies that have been churning out since the last 16 years on barren uh, futures with few survivors all killing each other for basic survival purposes? It's all coincidence. All the sci-fi novelists that they've they've been paying uh, through the Futurist Society by the big foundations to write this kind of junk, to brainwash us all. Most folk don't know. So it says here, the watchdog stated the Department of Energy and Climate Change, you've actually got a Department of Energy and Climate Change. The DECC should not publish the ads again, ruling that the text accompanying the rhymes should have been phrased more tentatively, using reports of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. As reference, the ASA determined it was not possible to make such definitive statements about Britain's future climate, the Times reported. As a result, the ads were found to have broken the code on substantiation, truthfulness, and environmental claims. Well, that should be the, they should disband the IPCC as well, because they're political. They have a political agenda. Everything at the UN is political. <laughs> That's what it was set up for. The ASA said all statements about future climate were modelled on predictions, which the IPCC report itself stated still involved uncertainties in the magnitude and timing, as well as regional details of predicted climate change and depending upon the model of computer at which they purchase. I added that last bit, which is actually true. The watchdog found that other elements of the campaign, including a TV and cinema advert in which a father read his daughter a bedtime story about a world affected by climate change, did not breach its guidelines. Mr. Miliband said his department had been comprehensively vindicated by the ASA, but promised to be more accurately, or to more accurately reflect scientific uncertainty. Well, they will reflect scientific uncertainty (laughs) about global warming and future campaigns. It will be very one-sided. And then it goes on about the leaked emails and so on, all the other lies that they told. But as I say, it won't matter because the big boys have all their money already banked on soaking us all through carbon. Everything will be priced according to supposed carbon content or the energy that it took to make the particular product. That's what it's all about, folks. Taxed into slavery. And you know something? Don't look around you for help because the folk around out there don't care. It will never happen to me. (laughs) Uh, That's a story, isn't it? It'll never happen to me. Now, I've mentioned before, too, there are three levels of reality in every area, and all the sciences as well. For instance, doctors getting churned out of medical school are really getting more social engineering as they're churned out, thinking that cancer, that everybody dropping dead of cancer is quite a normal thing. Uh, guys brought out 25 years ago were taught differently, and before that, differently again, different statistics. That's how easy it is to train folk through universities. We'll be back with more on this topic after this break. listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. This is Alan Watt. We're coming through the Matrix and getting to the bottom of things, I think. <laughs> And the music's going on and on here. But, ah, good, it's gone down now. Well, mind you, I like that wailing bit. I like that wailing guitar because, uh, as I say, really that's all we can do now is observe and wail. Uh, everything else has been taken out of our hands, you might say, over a, a long period of time. But mention about the three levels of reality. And we've got uh, people getting churned out of university, giving, giving a standardized education to every group that gets turned out. And they never know what's taught by the previous bunch. In fact, they're, they're, they're taught that anybody who's older doesn't know as much as they do. So they take all the propaganda they're given as facts. Like, as I say, current cancer today is normal. Uh, male sterility in the Western world is normal. Everything's normal. Autism is normal. One out of two, uh, that kind of stuff. And so it's so easy to train everyone by the use of degrees and licensing, etc. And they all believe in part the same stuff. We're upgraded. Every area is upgraded at the same time with particular propaganda by the pyramid at the top, the capstone, to make sure they all come into play at the right time in the same way, all believing what they're told to believe. And technology, as I say, technology is just dished out to us piecemeal uh, as, it's, as it's made obsolete. Uh, often it's very obsolete, maybe two, three generations down the road um, uh, were given something, some, some offshoot of uh, research and development into high-tech weaponry and that kind of stuff. And they give you a microwave oven and say, yeah, you can fry your, your chicken in it or something. But everything's really old. They'd never give anything brand new to the public because everything technically could be um, investigated as to science and improved upon or even altered into something they didn't like you to have. Everything is vetted, in other words. And what the CIA uses is a step above uh, the, the kind of weaponry that the general military gets, and the st- above the CIA, the controllers have even better weaponry to make sure that the CIA doesn't get ideas either. Not that they have to worry about them, because the CIA works for them, as does all the secret services. Now, here's an example of old technology presented as a cutting-edge and this is from Wise Up Journal, the 15th of March, 2010. It says, These two mainstream articles below highlight the fact that a false public perception is induced, making them believe they know the cutting edge of technology, when in fact we're kept in the dark with old technology presented as new. Even basic research is presented as new, when in fact the technology has been in use for decades, sometimes an awful lot longer. The first article is from 2010, and the second, more informative article on the same subject was published in 2002 by one of the UK's largest newspapers. And the first one was the Press Association and Yahoo News, 14th of the 3rd, 2010. This claim was made by scientists unraveling the secrets of spider silk, which is stronger and less brittle than steel. They believe in the future, it may be, may be possible, in the future, right? This is the latest one to copy spider ingenuity to create new classes of materials that are both incredibly flexible and strong out of cheap, ordinary elements. Scientists at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Cambridge, U.S., studied the fundamental properties of spider silk using computer models to simulate its structure. The Massachusetts Institute of Technology 
are no dummies. They're a private research university that works with the United States Defense Department. Actually, it was set up by the Pentagon. Even Noam Chomsky, I think, was there. I don't know if he worked here, but he was certainly there. It gets multiple grants from the United States federal government and has one of the largest endowment and annual research expenditures amongst universities in the world. Milk is an ordinary item that can be produced en masse. The article below is from years earlier, on the same topic from years earlier. This is from the 18th of January 2002 from The Telegraph in Britain. It says, Spider goats start work on Wonderweb. Years before, right? I heard of goats containing spider genes is about to be milked for the ingredients of spider silk to mass-produce one of nature's most sought-after materials. Webster and Peter genetically altered goats unveiled today, this is back in 2002, by the Canadian company Nexia, are the founders of a genetically modified herd whose offspring will produce a spider silk protein in their milk that can be collected, purified, and spun into fibers. Females will begin mass production or mass producing the spider milk in the second quarter of this year, 2002, for a variety of military and industrial uses. Now, they actually did that, and it's for a sort of Kevlar that the military uses, uh, sort of bulletproof materials and so on. It says, Dragline silk, which comprises the radiating spokes for spiderweb, is stronger than the synthetic fiber Kevlar, stretches better than nylon, and weight for weight is five times stronger than steel. Spider yarn has been spun by the U.S. Army. So the U.S. Army had already done it as well and the, in 2002, and the company Nexia Biotechnologies of Montreal. Put your shock of spider goats on hold for a moment to realize this technology is old hat. They certainly do spin a good yarn when trying to make us believe old technology will be developed someday in the future. When we're told this or that technology is a new discovery and it is believed one day in the future it may be possible to make it, we believe it because experts in that field said so. However, this 2002 public announcement was old technology at that time that it was revealed. The same as a 2010 so-called discovery that just discovered it again, eh? <laughs> There's a branch of the law called national security which allows scientific knowledge by military or to be kept classified away from the public. The military used billions of billions of the public's money to do this. Some of these technologies, when obsolete, can be chosen by the public, unelected higher-ups in the military, and revealed to us and used in public missions like the triangular F-117 stealth bomber in the late 1980s. You know when they had the stealth bomber? We first saw it with Iraq. It was the latest thing. They had it in the early 70s. They were using it then in some places. Before that, in classified test flights and classified missions around the world, who knows what the public thought that spotted the triangular crafts in the sky. I know what they thought because all the, the magazines says, oh, could it be a UFO? That's the, that's the usual stuff. Yeah. That's the usual stuff. But yeah, we're kept in the dark. We're mushrooms. We're fed, you know, fertilizer and kept in the dark. That's what we're fed. And that's what the media is for, by the way. And they've got such a goal to present a, an article as new about eight years later or whatever. And that's nothing. There's lots like that, actually. Lots like that. Now, the BBC's mentioned about these body scanners. Canada apparently is getting a whole whack brought in here as well to X-ray people. And it is X-ray, by the way, and it is harmful. There's no such thing as a, as a, as a non-harmful X-ray. And this, this article is from the 3rd of March. It says, Two women were stopped from boarding a plane at Manchester Airport after refusing to undergo a full body scan. 
The passengers were due to fly to Islamabad on the 19th of February when they were selected at random to go through the new scanning machine. One, who was believed to be a Muslim, refused on religious reasons and the other cited health grounds. They were thought to be the first people to refuse. It's a scary thing that they probably are the first to refuse it. The rest will go, oh, moo, 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 and through they go, you know, to use the scanners since they became compulsory in February. They were introduced as a trial at the airport in October 2009. The women were warned they were legally required to go through the scanner after being chosen at random or they would not be allowed to fly, an airport spokesman said. It's not clear whether women were traveling together. Security staff used the x-ray machine to check for any concealed weapons or explosives. They have a good laugh and snigger as they photograph you and send off to their pals, you know. But they've been criticized as an invasion of privacy. So that's that's the, the the big story on that really, but it's it's uh, it shows you too. I when the GM food was announced in Canada ten years after we were the guinea pigs, by the way, we only found out because of a protest in London over the same stuff. And then they had to admit that Canada it came out in the papers. Canada made a secret agreement with Monsanto and another one to grow the stuff and test it out on the Canadian public. By that time, they had a centralized computer in in Ottawa where all health data was fed regularly on a daily basis, so they knew what effects it was having immediately. They were using us as absolute guinea pigs. And about a, more five months after that, a big store set up in a place I was living, a vegetable store and grocery. You would need roller skates to get round it. It was actually owned by the Rothschild Company, This I found out later. And... Uh, I asked the girl if she could tell me which vegetables were GM and what was non-GM. And she just looked like that dumb look they give you, like the, the lobster, like, you know, you're, you're from a different planet, asking something like that. Well, she didn't know, so she got the, the manager, and he went into the same lobster look too, like, Ugh. and um, he, he, he honestly didn't know. He honestly didn't know. He says, you're the first person who's ever asked. And that, that's that's what stunned me. Most folk are gone. They're never here. They can't get lost because they've never been conscious to get lost. That's what stuns you, isn't it, when when you're awake? The constant uh, noticing, reaffirmation that these folk literally are not conscious at all. All the CBC had to do was to show a woman selling corn at a roadside on two tables and, uh, well, I can't tell the difference, she says, she munched on both, and that was good enough for the public. That's, that's all the propaganda they had to do, plus pull out David Suzuki to tell him it was fine. The guy that said people are maggots, the geneticist who loves animals. Yeah, well, and folk think we're, we're all going to stand together against this? <laughs> uh, and pigs might fly along with the, the goats that make the Kevlar. But it's interesting, too, there's such a war going on in Latin America, getting all ready for the total integration of the Americas. And the U.S. has put troops down there for many, many, many years, both running the drug trade. It's interesting. I've read an article a while back there from a, a special forces guy who was the genuine article, who worked for the, eventually went to work for the Coast Guard to try and stop drugs coming into the U.S., and he met one of his buddies from his old unit who was working for the other side for the CIA to bring the drugs in. And that's really what happens, isn't it? But anyway, they've got all these guys down in the States now trying to take over the whole drug industry under the, the pretense of eliminating it. They want to control it all. 
and there's, there's wars going on. So this article here is uh, called Focus on Mexico from MSNBC.com. Uh, U.S. official and husband killed in it's Ciudad Juraz, I guess they call it. It says um, they said that they were actually killed or assassinated by drug lords. This is the story, at least, in a way. A U.S. consulate employee and her husband were shot to death as they drove in this drug-plagued Mexican city with her baby on their back seat. Minutes after gunmen killed the husband of another consular employee and wounded his two children, officials said Sunday. This was on March 14th this came out. And then President Obama, as usual, who anybody would say expressed outrage, they always express outrage over the killings, and Mexican President Philippe Calderon promised a swift investigation. Well, we can kiss that goodbye, because they know what's going on down there. They're darn well what's going on, and drug boys are getting awful. The independent drug boys that are not going through the CIA are starting to bump folk off, you see, to try and keep their turf. That's all it's about. That's all. Now, we are such really, real, we're mice, aren't we? People are really mice. As long as we can play or, or do your favorite little thing or go to the bar or wherever they have to do, um, it doesn't matter how much you get taxed or how, much, how many bombs are setting off across the planet there and, and killing folk to, to enlarge the empire and steal all their property and oil and everything else. Um, we don't really care as long as our little, our little cave, our little cave is, is pretty secure. And we can just afford it and have left some money left over for the goodies to to make life worth living, you see. But uh, they still, even then, they keep you under this constant stream of terror. See, this is a war of terror, not not on terror. It's a war of terror. Because they realize that only through a terrorist regime can they possibly force the global warming nonsense down, tax you into the ground's uh, cut down back on your diet through weighing you and all the rest of it. And this is coming because they're doing it in Britain now, by the way. They're fining parents if they claim the child is overweight, even by a pound. And we take it and take it and take it as long as we can play with whatever we, we play at, as long as we can still play in our little cave. And here's what they do to you. Uh, oh, anyway, it's Mail Online, and this is from the 12th of March, 2010. Residents of Dorset Town are left terrified after a fake nuclear emergency staged following distribution of alarmist leaflets. To the residents of a small town in the shadow of a nuclear submarine port, it seemed like the end of the world was, was nigh. Leaflets dropped through their doors, warning them to shut windows and stay indoors while a van with a loud hailer patrolled the streets, announcing there was an emergency. Rumours quickly spread there had been a radiation leak from a submarine as elderly residents barricaded themselves in their homes and bombarded the emergency services with pleas for help. But authorities had neglected to tell them that it was all a drill. A simulation was proposed to help emergency services. Rehearsed for a worst-case scenario in Fortune's Well Dorset, which is a mile from Portland Port where nuclear submarines can berth. This is furious residents last night accused organizers of the nuclear accident emergency plan exercise of scaremongering. Well, no kidding. They didn't tell them it was a drill. Can you imagine them saying that to you? You know, this is a massive radiation leak that will be nuked. Particularly alarming was the van set around by the local water company warning people not to drink tap water in case it was contaminated. Well, it already is. It's got fluoride in it. John Morris said, I went outside when I heard the loud hair announcement. I was handed this alarmist leaflet about nuclear leaks by a bloke who said nothing about it being an exercise. When I got the leaflet, I thought, 
when's the bond going to drop? They were distributed to 1,200 homes in the town. They love these experiments all over the world to see how the little, the, you know, the ants, we're the, we're the little people, you see, how we behave and react, as predicted or not, you see. Vivian Hawkins, 78, said, It was frightening. I heard this awful noise. Opened my front door, but couldn't understand what they were saying. After that, a booklet came, uh, came telling me to shut all the windows and douse the fires. And all they heard, there's another one says, all I heard was there was a radiation emergency on Portland Port. Blah, blah, blah. So, so there you go. Uh, it's just little experiments all the time on the little people. And we still pretend there's some kind of democracy and all that rubbish that never ever was, by the way. There never was democracy. I say we're corporations. We're owned by corporations. We always were. Always were. We're the workers that keep the big boys happy and in luxury. We make everything for them. We build their big homes, which they have in trusts. We pay for the servicing of their limousines and the purchasing and the maintenance and all the rest of it for them. Folk will never get it, will they? And here's an article here as, as it knocked down what's left of any uh, remaining history in the U.S. And it says, Texas removes Thomas Jefferson from teaching standards. And that's the AOL News. And it says here, Widely regarded as one of the most important of all the founding fathers of the United States, Thomas Jefferson received a demotion of sorts Friday thanks to the Texas Board of Education. It voted to enact a new teaching standards for history and social studies that will alter which material gets included in school textbooks. The site had dropped Jefferson. Back with them more, with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix talking about uh, Thomas Jefferson being demoted from the textbooks and the teachings in the Texas area by the Texas Board of Education. It said here that uh, according to the Texas Freedom Network, a group that opposes many of the changes put in place by the Board of Education, the original curriculum asked students to explain the impact of enlightenment ideas from John Locke, Thomas Hobbes, Voltaire, Charles de Montesquieu, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, and Thomas Jefferson on political revolutions from 1750 to the present. That emphasis did not sit well with board member Cynthia Dunbar, who during the meeting explained the rationale for changing it. The Enlightenment was, was not the only philosophy on which these revolutions were based, Dunbar said. So the new standard was passed at the meeting in a 10-5 vote. Now reads, explain the impact of the writings of John Locke, Thomas Hobbes, Voltaire, Montesquieu, Rousseau, Rousseau Thomas Aquinas, Aquinas, ha. John Calvin and Sir William Blackstone. So they've really put Jefferson out of it altogether. This is by dropping mention of the revolution, substituting figures such as Aquinas and Calvin for Jefferson. Texas Freedom Network argues the board has chosen to embrace religious teachings over those of Jefferson, the man who coined the phrase separation between church and state. And that was a letter he wrote to a Baptist minister who was asking about it, for those who don't know, not in the Constitution. But anyway, there's how things go, and uh, it's going along, obviously, as planned. And in Britain, I mentioned last week that, uh, uh, again, the flagship for the world to copy, that they're telling the, the courts to let burglars just to, you know, don't put them in prison anymore. 
And here's another article from Mail Online uh, from a guy who owned a curry house, a guy from India, I guess. Curry house owner foils burglary, and then he's thrown in jail uh, when the yobos, as they call them over there, complain. I'll put this article up too to show you how crazy and ridiculous it's all getting. But this is all to intensify the hype in society and the fear and the tension and also makes all the crooks think they're, who, who actually walk about in gangs over there now, big gangs, that, 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 that everything's on their, even the law's on their side. That's what it's about as well, you understand. It's quite interesting that when you really see what's happening, this is not by chance. Believe you me, if the big boys wanted this to all end tomorrow and the big, and, and the, the, the hoodlums, uh, uh, all in jail or at least put in their place, they would do it. This is the, this, this keeps the public in a state of terror. It keeps them nervous all the time. When you're nervous, you turn to the abuser who abuses you to protect you and that's your government. The ones who are doing it all. And folk don't understand that simple technique. And all the pervs out there will understand that very, very well. And there's lots of them at the top of every government. He's the kind to get up there. Now, I've talked about land for debt swap. And this is the same thing under a different title. And it's from alternate billionaires and mega corporations are behind immense land grab in Africa. 20-plus African countries are selling or leasing land for intensive agriculture on a shocking scale in what may be the greatest change of ownership since the colonial era, March the 10th, 2010. See, they're up to their eyes with the IMF too. The IMF's job is to make you uh, take out massive loans you can't pay back and then bankrupt you and then take it over and give it to their buddies for peanuts. By the way, they're doing the same thing in Canada. The Chinese are doing it in Canada Chinese, there are citizens in Canada working for big corporations that are just grabbing the land here to feed the Chinese back home. I might talk about that tomorrow night. From Hamish, myself, and to your Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>